church say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So glad that we can be where he is and we know that he is omnipresent. He is everywhere all at once. And if you know him, he has even taken up residence inside of your life. And now you have become a temple in which the spirit of the living God dwells. So we thank him for his presence. He is our help on the inside and he is also our help from up on high. And he's a very present help in our time of trouble and never ever will he leave you and he surely will not forsake you. He's a good God. He didn't wait for us to get right before he made us right. For when we were still in our sins, Jesus died for us because he knew we couldn't get right without him coming and paying that price for us. So I'm so glad to be able to come into the house of the Lord. Thank God for our worship leaders um, leading us into his throne, to his throne through song. And now I have the privilege of bringing God's word to you. So would you turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This morning I'm flying solo. My wife went to New York City to be with our oldest daughter, Krista, as she turned 20 yesterday. And uh, my wife is uh, close to heaven this morning because she was able to go worship at Brooklyn Tabernacle. And so with uh, Pastor Jim Cimbala and their amazing choir. So hopefully the sister will come back home. Uh, But she has always wanted to worship at that church. And so she is there this morning having a good time. Well, next week, preaching here in this pulpit for us is a man that I am hoping to get to know better in the future. His name is Dr. Russell Moore. And he is the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, I first heard of Dr. Moore several years ago when he took over from Richard Land, who was uh, the president over that particular commission in the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, I really got to know him after the choking death of Eric Garner in 2014. Because Dr. Moore, he has his pulse on culture And that is his role for the Southern Baptist Convention. And I appreciate them for creating such a role within their denomination uh, to be sensitive to cultural uh, needs, whether it be immigration, uh, the the gay marriage situation, or even with racism in the nation. Uh, Dr. Moore has a way of speaking to things with great wisdom. And for me as an African-American male, uh, believer in Christ, it was uh, very, very, very encouraging to me to see a white male of Christ speak up nationally using his national platform to condemn what had happened there in Staten Island, New York, and how uh, Mr. Garner was choked over selling loose cigarettes and how the police were not brought to any kind of charges. And so he made a public statement. And after that, I I made it my goal to try to meet him because he has an office here in... uh, Nashville, but also one in Washington, D.C. So I was able to set up a meeting with him. Charles and I went to spend some time with him, and we were truly blessed by his humility. And and I asked him, would he come speak one Sunday at Strong Tower Bible Church? And he said yes. And when people are on that kind of level, sometimes they say yes to get rid of you. But he really, really meant it, and his office followed up with us. And so That was in 2015 when I got to meet him, and so we were able to finally get him on the calendar for Strong Tower for next Sunday. 
So I hope that uh, you can come out, that you can tell some friends to come out for what God is doing in this community and around the nation through the local church. Also this morning, pray for Pastor Darrell. He is preaching at Faith Church on Old Hickory Boulevard. Uh, last Sunday, I talked about our vision, how we are about expanding God's diverse kingdom. Uh, we can't keep it to ourselves. We've got to keep on going out, reaching and touching individually as well as corporately. And so Pastor Darrell has a friend, a pastor friend at this church whose wife, um, unfortunately, is undergoing cancer treatment. And the pastor is going to be out of the pulpit for several weeks. And so he asked if Pastor Darrell could man the pulpit for him. And Pastor Darrell said yes, and the elders sent him with our full blessing and support uh, because it's not about one local church, it's about the local church, and it's about the kingdom of God. And so we want to pray for our brother as he preaches and stands in the pulpit uh, for Faith Church on Old Hickory Boulevard. Uh, We have been uh, in a series called Strong Tower Bible Church Building Blocks, and I wanted to begin this year laying a foundation for who we are, to be reminded of what this church is all about, what God has called us to be about. And so we started off by talking about the kind of church that Jesus builds from Matthew chapter 16. And it is a church that he gives his authority to, to bind and to loose the gates of hell, to be a representation of him in the earth with his authority until he should return. And we are to use those keys, that authority of the kingdom, to set captives free and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So the church is an organism. It's a living thing. It is the body of Christ. He is the head. We are his hands and feet in the earth, representing him in a natural and physical way until he should return. And so we talked about the church that he began, Strong Tower, over 20 years ago, beginning in Franklin. And so the first message, we talked about our history. We talked about where we got our name from. Uh, Strong Tower from Judges chapter 9 and Proverbs 18.10. So we're just reviewing who we are and how God called us uh, from the beginning to be a multiracial church from the beginning. And then we went on and we talked about our mission, which is to make disciples who make a difference. And we talked about discipleship is revelation and observation and application and multiplication. That we're all supposed to be disciples and we're to be people who make disciples of Christ. And then we spent time talking last week about our vision, that we are a church uh, that is a diverse kingdom. And so we talked about how we need to experience this diverse kingdom. We need to explain it to people who don't understand it. And we also need to expand what God has given to us. And so today I want to pick up on our membership philosophy. Because it's my prayer that no matter how long you've been at the church, whether you've been for one month or this is your first Sunday, or you've been here one year or 10 years, that these things will marinate with your heart and remind you of why you committed to this place in the first place. That these truths will encourage you to say, okay, we may get off track from time to time as a church, but man, we're still committed to these core values and principles and with the help of the Holy Spirit and walking in his glory and depending on his glory, we'll be the kind of church that he expects us to be. Uh, because every now and then as a church, um, you hit the wall and you get tired of the relationships. You get tired of the organization and the organism, the business aspect of the church versus the family aspect of the church. And the honeymoon can wear off real quickly. And so when the honeymoon wears off, you got to be reminded of why you committed in the first place. And sometimes you got to go back to the basics. I remember what the Lord said to the church at Ephesus. They had uh, lost their first love. 
which was him. And so the Lord said, this is what you need to do. You need to repent. You need to go back and do the things that you used to do. You also need to remember the heights from which you've fallen. And so when you look at how their relationship with God, what Jesus said, you need to repent, you need to remember, you need to redo. And when you think about the church, sometimes we can lose our love for the church. We could take the church for granted, and we don't always come in rejoicing, saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. We don't always enter into his gates with thanksgiving and the courts of strong tower with praise, because sometimes we can just, oh, it can become so mundane. But we need to be reminded from time to time of why we're here, what this church is all about, that he's the Lord of this church. He's working on this church and he's working on every member of this church, starting first and foremost with me, the senior pastor and all of the leaders in this body. So this has been good for me to be reminded of what it's all about. And so today, uh, hopefully this will be the last message, but we'll see what the spirit of the Lord says. Uh, But let's talk about our membership philosophy. If you have been through our uh, pre-members class, you've heard these things. And so one thing we know about Jesus is that he would teach often through repetition because we learn best by repetition. We got to hear it over and over and over again. So the Sermon on the Mount probably wasn't just preached one time. It was probably preached several times in different settings so that people could get a hold of those principles. And so for many, this is review and review is good. But for others, this is an introduction into what this church is all about and what it stands for. So our membership philosophy, I'm going to entitle this message today, Great Expectations. Great Expectations. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this body, for this family. Thank you for the blood of Christ. Thank you for how you have brought us together by one spirit into one body with one purpose, which is to glorify Christ Jesus in all that we say and all that we do, to be lights for him, to be salt because of him, to make a difference in the world. Thank you that you saved us and you didn't take us out of the world, but you left us in the world to be witnesses unto you. So thank you, God, for this great citizenship that we have, this calling that we have. And as we come to your word, I pray that the Holy Spirit would teach us and remind us and solidify these truths in our hearts concerning who we are so that who we are can impact what we do for you. Because we know, Lord, that our practice flows best out of our position, out of our identity. So teach us the word. May we be hearers of it and through your spirit be doers of it. For it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Amen. Great expectations. Well, our membership philosophy at Strong Tower Bible Church is we expect every member of Strong Tower Bible Church to grow spiritually, to serve actively, and to give obediently. That's what we, the leaders, the elders, expect of every person that comes into this church, becomes a member. We have great expectations for you. And these expectations are things that we believe that the Lord expects of you. So we're not expecting anything of you that he does not expect of you. And that is we expect that you grow spiritually. Because if you grow spiritually, everything else will take care of itself. Growing spiritually is like the umbrella under which serving actively fits as well as giving obediently. So let us grow spiritually in the Lord and let us serve actively and let us give obediently. That is our membership philosophy. Uh, And so when we think about these expectations, not only does God have these expectations for us, 
But as I peruse the scriptures, I understand that Paul had these same expectations for the church at Corinth. Paul expected the people of Corinth, which was a mixed congregation that he founded uh, during his second missionary journey, which is found in Acts chapter 18. He went to this place and he was able to stay there for 18 months and a church was established there. And he had expectations that that church in Corinth would grow spiritually, that they would serve actively and that they would give obediently. So I thought that as I shared these principles with you today, that we would look at how Paul shared these same principles with the church at Corinth. Now, when he planted this church, he stayed there for 18 months. Then he went on to other places and he planted other churches. Well, the congregation there, they had several questions for him, as Christians have. We have questions about our faith. And so because the Bible was not completed at that time, it was actually being lived out and it would be written down and collected and preserved so that we can have copies of the word today. But at that time in AD 55, they didn't have the word of God. And so they're writing to apostles and they have questions. And so Paul happened to be at Ephesus during this time. And so the church had questions and they sent them to Paul through a courier. Now, when the courier or the couriers got to Paul, And he read the questions that the church at Corinth had. He also had heard other things from the couriers that were not necessarily listed in the questions that the church had asked. So when he starts writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit back to this church, before he can address the questions, which begin in chapter 7, when he says concerning the things of which you wrote about. It's not good for a man to touch a woman. And he goes into the questions that the church has about being single, about being married. And the church has other questions about spiritual gifts and about the Lord's communion and about the Lord's return. Before he even addresses all of that, he has to spend the first six chapters talking about what he heard and what the couriers said to him. And so we're going to find today that, again, he expected certain things out of that body. And that it's okay for leaders to expect certain things out of the people that we serve by leading them. Because if you don't have expectations, uh, if you don't set goals, you won't hit them. Uh, It's been said that you can't expect what you don't inspect. And so we've got to know what we're aiming for. We've got to have expectations. God has them of us. Paul had them of Corinth, and we have them of the people here at Strong Tower Bible Church. And so the first expectation is, number one, we expect you to grow spiritually. Amen? We expect that of you. Why? Because God expects that of you, to grow spiritually. Uh, Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. We see the opening of the letter where Paul says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, Through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Verse five, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ 
who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What an amazing greeting for this letter. Paul expected that church to grow spiritually. You see, we grow spiritually, or to grow spiritually, we must have an intentional focus on God and on Jesus. So when he begins this letter, he has an intentional focus on God and on Jesus. Because there's no way that they can hear the rebukes and the correction and the encouragements and the admonishments that are going to come later if they don't first start off with what this is all about and who this is all about, this is about Jesus because Jesus, God, puts everything else in its proper context. So he begins the letter talking about God and talking about Jesus. You see, God is mentioned six times in those nine verses. Jesus is mentioned nine times in those verses, those nine verses, and the word Lord is found five times in the first nine verses. So he's establishing a focus right up front because if that focus is not right, nothing else will be right. So this is a lesson for us that when we get our day started, we need to have a day. If we're going to be spiritual, if we're going to grow spiritually, I need to wake up, as the old hymn used to say, with my mind stayed on Jesus. Because when I don't wake up with a God focus, I am quick to get in the flesh. My day is not as good as it usually can be because I'm not full of, of, with the peace and the joy and the hope of God, the word of God. Because when I don't have a focus on God to start my day, my day usually has a negative trajectory and I have to repent in the midst of the day and ask God to give me strength to renew my mind. But when I get up early in the morning and I felt like Jesus got up early in the morning, when I spend time with God and get my mind right and when I when I choose to praise him and worship him, then my day has a different course about it. So he starts this letter with a focus on God and on Jesus and on his lordship. And so there's a reason why when we come to worship, we start off with worship songs because we have all been going through stuff during the week. Our minds are all over the place. Usually they're earthly. But what the worship does, it is an intentional way to get our minds on spiritual things, to look up to God, because we've been looking at other stuff, looking at ourselves, looking at our problems, looking at the world. And so worship is an intentional way to say, look, let's start this worship service with a focus on God. And I'm going to sing, which means it can't be about me because I'm going to worship God. It's not about me being worshiped. So you start with that kind of intentional focus. In the worship service. And that's how we should even start our lives. We don't have to wait to come to church to worship with singing and scripture and prayer. We should do that at home. You know, when I marry couples and they come and they stand at the altar and they, you know, have a minister there and they have the word read and they're taking vows, they're taking communion. There's worship and, and there's a commitment of themselves to God and one another. I'm like, you know what? The, the key to a successful marriage is not just doing that one day at a ceremony. But the key to a successful marriage is doing that on a regular basis where you come before God. Build an altar at your house. You don't need a minister. You are a priest of God. You've got the word. You can pray together. And so it's about what your priorities are if you want to grow. And so Paul expected this church to grow spiritually because he starts the letter with an intentional focus on God and on Jesus. Another thing is that to grow spiritually, we have to know our position in Christ. If you were to look at these first nine verses, you would see things like 
sanctified. He said that we were sanctified in Christ Jesus. That means we've been set apart in Christ. And then he goes on to say that this church, he calls them saints. They're called to be saints. Now, if you read Corinthians, you understand that this was one of the most ungodliest places as far as a church uh, in the first century. Uh, Corinth was a church that had a lot of struggles. Matter of fact, they were in an area that many of us would liken to Las Vegas today. It was like Sin City. The word Corinthianize which comes from Corinth, meant to fornicate. And so there were temple prostitutes and all kinds of lewd things going on there. But Paul said that this body, where some of them were effeminate, some of them were sodomites, some of them were fornicators, some of them were adulterers, but Paul says you've been washed, you've been set free, you've been called out of that, and you are holy, you are saints of God. You don't have to wait to die and be canonized as the Catholic Church does for certain people to be a saint. If you know Jesus, you are a saint of God because saint means holy one of God. He gives you his holiness. He declares you as righteous. It's a gift of grace. It's not by works. He gives you that position. He gives you that place. So if you are a Christian, you are a saint of God. No matter how you're living, you are a saint of God. And so the challenge for us is for our practice to meet up with our position. But if I don't understand my position, my position always affects my practice. So if the devil can keep me ignorant of who I am in Christ, that I am a saint of God, that I am sanctified by God, then my actions will catch up with my position. And so when I don't know my position, now I'm trying to perform in the flesh. And this thing, it doesn't work that way. So when you read the book of Ephesians, he spends the first three chapters talking about the position of the church. The last three chapters talking about the practice of the church because practice is birthed best out of position. So he's trying to let them know who you are. He tells them that they have been given to the grace of God. They've been enriched in everything. That Christ's testimony is confirmed in them. In these verses, Paul says that you've come short of no gift. In other words, he gave that church every spiritual gift, just like he gives every church everything they need, every gift they need, every resource they need. Corinth had everything they needed for life and godliness, and so did Strong Tower. He says that they were confirmed and that they were blameless until the return of Jesus Christ, and that they were called into the fellowship of his son. And so this position, they they, they had to know who they were. When he started the letter, let me tell you who you are because of Christ. And so we grow spiritually through several things. And at Strong Tower, we break it down this way through upreach, outreach, and inreach. So if you're going to grow spiritually, you have to have a God focus, a Jesus focus. You have to know your position in Christ, your identity in Christ. But also now it leads to some action. Upreach. This is your personal spiritual disciplines. Fasting. I can't fast for you. Uh, Prayer. You don't always need your grandmother to pray for you. You can get through to God too. You have to have a prayer life for yourself. You've got to read the Bible. Yeah, it's good to have great teachers and preachers and all of that, but God wants to teach you things that no man can teach you, so you've got to open up your Bible. The spiritual disciplines. (laughs) Prayer, fasting. Uh, scripture memorization, all of these great things are just part of growing spiritually. Uh, And then there's also Sunday morning worship when we think about upreach. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We've got to come together and assemble. Because when I get to church and I see you, I know you've been fighting flesh, the world, and Satan all week. I haven't been by myself. There are other witnesses who understand the struggle. We come together under God saying, God, give us strength to go back out into the world. We come back in and we get encouragement. We go around and we hug and we kiss brothers and sisters. We bear with one another. We bear one another's burdens. We encourage one another. We need the body of Christ. I can't get at home at Pillow Pentecostal what I can get at Strong Tower Bible Church. Now, sometimes you can't, you, you're home, you're not feeling well or whatever. People are in prison and God meets them where they are. But man, when you have the energy, the strength, the power, the ability to come to church, you should. You should tell your flesh, no, I'm going to the house of the Lord today. And I always leave out of church better than how I came in because the spirit indwells the temple of the house of God. And so, man, that's how we grow spiritually, upreach. And then there's outreach. Local missions, international missions, we've got to give away this gospel in word and in deed. And then there's inreach. And at Strong Tower, man, we've got some of the best Christian education classes in the world to equip you to do the work of the ministry, to grow you in Bible knowledge and understanding. Inreach, how we relate to one another. So we have the huddle groups because we've got to fellowship. The first church, when it was birthed, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that they continued in the apostles' doctrine and in the fellowship. We got to get together, not only on Sunday mornings, but through other parts of the week so we can really get to know one another and observe and have people observe us and make disciples and encourage. And then there's women's ministry and men's ministry and young adults' ministry and student ministry and children's ministry. We have all of these opportunities so that iron can sharpen iron and we can encourage one another in the Lord. But if you stay outside of fellowship, if you don't want to be around the people of God, you're not going to grow and you're operating in sin because God did not call you to be a lone ranger Christian. He wants you to be a part of the fellowship of the body. I know those people get on your nerves, but you get on their nerves too. And that's why we need Jesus in the midst of these relationships because we're talking about loving our neighbor. How about loving the folks in the body of Christ? Well, they my enemy. Jesus got something for that too. Love your enemies and pray for your enemies. He calls of love on people in the body of Christ. Yes, yes, yes. So grow spiritually. I think it's right there. It's laid out. However, however, strong tower, strong tower. I just stopped by today to say that there are hindrances to growing spiritually in every local church. I'm going to say it one more time because you might not believe me. There are hindrances to growing spiritually in every local church and Strong Tower Bible Church is no exception. So, Pastor Chris, what are you talking about? Well, Corinth had a lot of issues, as I said. They had lawsuits against one another. Uh, They struggled with food that was offered to idols, whether or not they should eat it. They struggled, as I mentioned, with sexual immorality in Corinth. There was even a case where a man was sleeping with his stepmother and they were trying to figure out what to do in this situation. Some people were proud about what was going on. They were puffed up. And Paul said, you should have put this person out of the church because they hadn't repented. So they had some problems. They were coming to the Lord's Supper, not waiting for other people. And they were coming there to feast and to eat and to get drunk even. So they missed the whole purpose of the Lord's table and they were coming to it in an unworthy manner. Not to mention all of the chaos surrounding the spiritual gifts in this church. And so 
the book of Corinthians and the church of Corinth is not a church you go to to learn what to do. It's a book you read and the church you learn about to learn what not to do. It's more of a letter of correction than direction. And so Paul recognized that there are some hindrances to spiritual growth. But before he even got to those things that I just mentioned, there was another one. It was a big one that he had to deal with that hindered this body from being all that it could be. Look at verse 10. Now, Paul said, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, and then the real deep spiritual ones say, but I am of Christ. Well, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And then you go over to chapter 3, verse 1, and he says, uh, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. You still want to grow spiritually, right? He says, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, or that is fleshly or worldly, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife and divisions among you are you not carnal and behaving like mere men so what was hindering this church from growing spiritually was the fact that they had schisms and divisions among them and when a church has schisms and divisions among itself And every church has it. Every church has to deal with it because wherever you have people, you're going to have problems. Whether you have people, you're going to have sin. And so every church has to deal with this because if we don't deal with the internal issues and struggle, we'll never get around to doing what we've really been called to do, and that is to reach the world. But we can't reach the world if every time we look up, we're dealing with internal issues all of the time. So we got to get some stuff right. But in that church, there were clicks, clicks, clicks. Clicks are groups of carnal people in the church who are led by man's agenda and not by God's agenda. Now, if we're going to, you know, be the church he wants us to be, sometimes you got to Approach stuff. You got to address stuff because you can't correct what you won't confront. And so, even at Strong Tower, we got to confront this stuff publicly, but above all, privately. Because Strong Tower, again, is not immune from cliques. So, there are carnal people in this church, and cliques are comprised of grown people who act childish. And they leave people they deem as unworthy out of the clique. When you don't speak to people on Sundays, 
and they look you right dead in your face. Now, that may be a personal issue that needs to get worked out, but sometimes it's because there's a clique of people who have deemed that that particular person is an outsider and beneath them. And so, therefore, one person in the clique or all the people in the clique can't give that person any kind of dignity, value, respect, because to go against the clique has repercussions. I'm just talking real. That's why it's so quiet in here right now. Remember when you were in school and you were the new kid or you were, something was a little different about you. You were shorter, you were taller, you were thinner, you were larger. Whatever it was, you weren't as athletic or you weren't as smart. There are always cliques that go on and so you don't know where to sit in the lunchroom because this group don't want you, that group don't want you. You don't know where. So you end up sitting by yourself or sitting over there with the teachers. Man, I had to sit with the teachers a couple of times. I remember I had one teacher, Mrs. Stone. She would tell me, you're not going to eat your greens? Give me them greens. I'll eat them greens. (laughs) But clicks, because we're childish. We don't want to speak to people, encourage people, welcome people. We forget that this isn't our thing. This is God's thing. This isn't our house. This is God's house. These aren't our people. Those are God's people. And we should be open and welcoming to everyone. But when we forget all of those things, we become clickish. Clicks operate on peer pressure and they use their mouths to put people down outside of the click. Clicks don't want all of the information. They just want some of the information so they can use it to continue to crucify the people that they don't want to be in the click. Oh, not at this church. Yes, in this church. From year day one. We've always had issues with that. Oh my, oh, well let me keep on rolling here. Clicks are not based on the truth. They're based on power. People don't want to lose power. So they keep the click. They protect the click. Knowing that there's another side to the story. There's another dimension to that person. And by the way, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So who are you to put somebody down and lift yourself up? So we got to address it. We got to talk about it. Clicks can be made up of men. The Pharisees were a click. They were a good old boys club before that thing started here in the South back in the... They were good old boys. And they ruled people with fear. Man, almost sounds like the political parties that's going... I'll leave that alone. I am of Rubio. I am of Trump. But anyway... Because if you tried to get out of the clique, which really was like a game, you had to suffer a beatdown. So when... Nicodemus stood up to the Pharisees, and when Joseph of Arimathea stood up to the Philistines, uh, to the Pharisees, they would then turn on them and then cast them out to say, You can no longer be a part of this group anymore. But I love it whenever they cast somebody out of the group, Jesus found them. He said, They don't want you, I want you. You can be a part of my group. And so men can do this, pastors, preachers can do this, where we don't want to talk to other preachers and don't want to include other preachers, we look down. And this leaven, Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, it is influence. And what happens is when you see that leaven or sense that leaven and they talk about somebody, you have a choice to either resist it or conform to it. And you know that if you resist it again, you can taste the venom of the group because you've seen how their venom goes to other folks. But we also know that cliques can be made up of women. My God. I'm going to be careful here. 
I'm going to be careful right here. Because Paul said, somebody from Chloe's household told me what's going on. I don't know any dudes named Chloe. So Paul said, this lady's house, I heard what was going on at the church. There was a woman that told me what was going on. So sometimes as leaders, you get wind of stuff from people that's going on in the church. Because people don't always, they put the spiritual face on when the pastor walks by. Oh, praise the Lord, how you doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But there's another kind of thing happening in the church many times, especially when the church doesn't have clear lines of organization and even authority. There will be a subgroup of people that will rise up and try to take authority, try to take organization, try to take control in the church. Oh, I know y'all don't think it happens, but it happens. We're talking about people here. It's in all of us, and we need to be honest about it. You know, in the book of Philippians, there were two women that was about to split that church in half. And when Paul wrote the letter, he mentions their names in chapter 4. He says, I pray that Eunice and Sintishi will be able to agree. Because what has happened is these two powerful women in the Lord had had this group of people behind them and this group of people behind them. And they were splitting the church. And Paul said, I pray that those two sisters can agree. And so in the church, there will be people who have power, people who have disagreements even with the leadership, and they'll posture themselves, and weak-willed people will follow those people. And so what Paul is doing, he's exposing this thing, saying, I expect better stuff out of Corinth. Come on now. And I expect better things out of Strong Tower Bible Church. Then Paul, I mean, he really didn't win any points with the women when he said in the Letter to Timothy, he said, now watch out because there are some women who are busybodies in the church who go from house to house talking about stuff they don't need to talk about. So again, I'm an equal opportunity dispenser of truth. Men do this stuff and so do women. I'm not going to ask for an amen, but I will ask for a mm. Can I get a mm? <laughs> Let's be real with it. Let's be real with it. Ultimately, cliques are satanically influenced. They come from Satan, ultimately. Why? Because he has come to kill, steal, and to destroy. He has come to divide and conquer. And any church that is divided, Jesus said, cannot stand. So if he can divide the house, if he can get people thinking that there is another vision besides the vision that the elders put forth, then the church is divided because wherever you have two visions, you have division. And so so the enemy will do anything he can to cause divisions. And this was a great church with all of these great blessings and opportunities, but they were divided. And I pray, I pray that God will give Strong Tower the grace, the humility, and the boldness to become of the same mind, of the same purpose, recognizing that this is all about Jesus and not about anyone else. The person that you're standing behind today, you might not be standing behind tomorrow because that person is going to fail you that you're putting up on a pedestal. We're all broken and we all need to repent right now and say that it's one tribe in this church. To get out of a clique, you're going to have to admit that you're in one. You got to admit that you're in one. If there's a clique in the worship ministry, you got to admit that I'm... I'm, I'm because we don't like when these people sing. Or I don't like when that person leads worship. If there's a click amongst the elders, man, what's up with that brother? And we got to admit, no, 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 no. Hold on, get out of it. 
There's a click in whatever ministry, whatever's going on. Admit that you're in the click. Don't do the devil's work because you can. I remember when in Matthew 16, when Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, you can't die. Jesus said, man, get behind me, Satan. Why? You have in mind the things of men and not the things of God. You're sincere, but you're sincerely wrong. You are off, my brother. You are off. And so in the church, people can have in mind the things of men and not the things of God. But what makes it difficult is that they'll put the name of God on a work of man. And if you're not spiritual, you got to discern stuff and test spirits. You got to ask good questions. And let me just say this while I'm here. Any group of people that puts down the pastor is not a group you want to be a part of. When I mess up, and I do, let God and my elders and my wife deal with me. God doesn't need you to form societies and groups and cliques in the church to bash Pastor Chris. Let God deal with me. And believe me, that's a fearful thing to think about when the pastor is off and God has to spank the pastor. But a lot of times, it's not the pastor that's off. It's you that's off. Mm -hmm. Because Paul is going to have an issue with this body, even though he planted that church, even though he led them for 18 months, there was still a group of people in that church who disrespected his leadership, and it got worse in 2 Corinthians. And that was an apostle. So it can happen, and it happens We just want to make sure it don't happen or don't happen no more in Strong Tower Bible Church. So to get out of a clique, you got to admit that you're in one. Then you have to change your habits and get ready to catch a verbal beat down when you do leave it. Because if you're going to leave the bloods and the crips talking about you following God, they're going to beat you up before you leave. And before you leave the crips in Strong Tower and the bloods and the uh, uh, gangster disciples in Strong Tower, you're going to catch a verbal beat down. It's all right. Come on up out of there. Well, after Russell Moore comes next week, I'll get into serving actively and giving obediently. I'm going to stop right there. But I am going to go down and, and ask a question, though. So you guys up there, try to hang with me on my notes here because I don't even know where I'm going right now. But I do feel like I needed to say that because Strong Tower can't be what it's supposed to be if we're divided on the inside, if we're divided over doctrine. And, you know, at Strong Tower, we have always had the belief that the main thing is the main thing. The other things we can agree to disagree on. uh, And so we can discuss things civilly about the work of the Holy Spirit, about women's roles in ministry, about race and justice and all this stuff. But man, the main thing is that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible is the word of God. We are saved by grace through faith and the the essentials of the faith. The other stuff, again, we can have grace to talk about. But there is a perspective by which this church teaches. And if you can't abide by that, then maybe this isn't the church for you. There's some deal breakers for people like, man, they're not doing this. They don't believe in that. Man, then make that decision. But don't stay here knowing you're not supposed to be here and make it bad for somebody else. Because what God wants to do with this church, he can't do if we're not unified. 
So we got to call the enemy's works out and say, no, no, no. We are unified around and because of and through Jesus Christ the Lord. And it's his name that is exalted in this church above any and every other name. Now, I am going to ask some people, let's say you're not a member of a church anywhere. You should be a member of a church. If not this one, one somewhere. Why? Because every sheep needs to be part of a sheepfold that has an under shepherd. Because God works through order. You can't say that you're a Christian and, and don't hold to the word of God. John 8, 31 says that's not true. And you can't say that you're a Christian and you don't want to be in community with other Christians. God won't change the rules for you. Matter of fact, he set these guidelines up to protect you. Because we all need brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers, and we all need to have covering. But we got to make it official. Because the elders, according to Hebrews 13, cannot watch for people's souls unless we've been given the permission to watch for souls. And so that's the whole membership process where you give permission to the leadership. Now, I've even gone on record to say to people, man, look, if you can't trust the leadership, then, man, you need to go to a church where you can trust them. And we're not trying to, you know, be rude with that. But truly, if you can't trust the leadership, you don't want to be here because what's going to happen is you're going to be talking about everything the leadership does because nothing we do will ever be good enough for you. I've been doing this for a while. That's what I'm talking to y'all about right now. But I'm so convinced that what God has for us, we've got to get right as a church, starting first with the leadership and going on through the rest of this body. So we repent, we pray, we confess our sins to God. And, and sometimes, man, it just calls for a good old-fashioned time of repentance before God. And so if you still believe you can grow here, you can serve here, and you can give here, then, man, let's go. And some of you who've been struggling may need to rededicate your commitment to God through this church. And again, man, we welcome you because I have to do that on a regular basis myself. I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. The Holy Ghost ain't released me to go anywhere else. And I got to rededicate my commitment to him in this local church. Believe me, I am not here for the paycheck. I thank God for the brothers, you know, paying me. I know a lot of pastors who got to do the bivocational thing. But I'm not here for the money. It ain't about that. I don't even know what I make. Like, wow, pastor, you got some issues. I don't know what I make. My wife knows what I make, but I don't know what I make. It's not important to me. I'm here because of a calling. And if you're here because of a calling, man, maybe it got rough for you at the church. Somebody got on your nerves. Man, don't let that throw you off from what the vision and the mission and what you can contribute to this church can be. Say, no, Lord, I'm here. The honeymoon may have worn off, but Lord, I'm still here. Now we get to know each other. Now we really get to grow. And so I want to ask everybody to stand right now as the team comes back. They're going to sing a song as we close called I'm Available to You. So I'm asking two questions. One, if you want to be a member of this church, I want you to come meet me here because you got to be a part of a church somewhere. There's a wolf out there that wants to get a hold of you. But Jesus wants you protected in a local church with shepherds, elders, pastors, and other sheep. you got to make it official. And if not this church, you need to find someone somewhere that lifts up Jesus, preaches the Bible, on and on and on. So let's make it official. We've got some membership classes coming up in March, April, and May. Let's do this thing. Let's, make it, let's get our lives set. Psalm 128, where he can bless me from Zion all the days of my life. Let's, let me get that in order. So if you 
know you want to join or at least inquire about joining this church, I want you to come meet me when they start singing. But then also, might not be so bold as to say, if there are some people in this body that know you're already a member, but man, you need to repent. You need to repent of attitudes, actions, words, things you've said, that you've been part of the confusion, you've been part of the chaos and the division, you've been part of a group that I'm for this pastor, I'm for that pastor, I'm for that elder, I'm for this staff member, I'm for this person. You need to repent. That's all I can say. I can't fix it up any other way. And if, or if you're like, man, it's not division, pastor. I'm not part of the clique. But you know what, man? I do need to recommit myself because I haven't been giving to God here obediently. We'll cover that in a couple of weeks. I haven't been serving at the church. I've been letting other people do all the serving. We're going to learn that God gave you a spiritual gift and he expects for you to use that to build his kingdom, hopefully in the local church. So let's get it right. So, Lord, I'm available to you. So I'm going to leave these up here. If you want to say, man, I want to learn about this church. If you just want to pray, repent, ask God for help. The altar is open as we sing, Lord, I'm available. And I pray that our hearts will reach the heart of God and say, God, I'm available to you. Do what you want to do with me, Jesus. Forgive me, God, for thinking it's about me. It's about you. says move.